0: Introducing the revolutionary mascara from Covergirl that adds extreme volume, up to 300% more volume than bare lashes. New Lash Blast Cleantopia is the plant-powered mascara made with 72% natural origin ingredients and infused with cellulose plant fibers. Topia is like a green thumb for your lashes. For lush, check me out lashes that last up to 24 hours with no smudging, no flaking, and no clumps. Put the power of plants to work for you with new Lash Blast Topia Mascara. Only from easy, breezy, beautiful CoverGirl.
2: Thank you so very much for joining in to another adventure in the Holy Spirit. I want to encourage you guys, if you want to hear God and you want to prophesy, please feel free to sign up for my email list. I have, I've got a free download available for you so that you could be activated to hear God and to prophesy over people. But guys, I'm so excited for today's broadcast. Sean Bowles is our very special guest, and he's got an incredible podcast that I've been a fan of for the last couple of years called Exploring the Prophetic. He's got Exploring the Marketplace as well. It's now called the Exploring Series, available on the Charisma Podcast Network. And he's an author, he's a minister, he's a podcaster, he's a TV host and a consultant. Sean helps people to understand their ability to connect God to their world in a practical and transformative ways. Sean is married to Cherie and has two children. So please welcome Sean Bowles to Adventures in the Spirit. Welcome, Sean.
3: Hello. How are you doing, Jared?
2: It's I'm doing amazing today. It's a beautiful day, and uh, we've got this incredible summer that we're looking forward to. There's a lot of transition going on for my family. How are things go- over there in California right now?
3: Well, thank God the lockdown has ended for the most part. So we're having a blast. Our family is about to head out for a family vacation to see my wife's side of the family, who's from the Northeast, Vermont. And we're just having a great time. Like God is doing so much and our family is having such a good time.
2: Yes, sir. Um, You've been very busy. I've been watching you all over YouTube, uh, Instagram. You've got the exploring series. You've got this new book out called Wired to Hear uh, with Bob Hassan. But Sean, for people who are not familiar with you, I'd love to hear some of your story as to how you were raised and then what you saw God do in your life.
3: Yeah, it's really interesting because I I feel like a pretty common person. I mean, my parents um, were first-generation Christians. They came from a Catholic background and got saved when my brother, who was born before me, he passed away of uh, leukemia. And when he passed away, they really wanted a seeker's journey, like looking for who is God really. And they ended up Right smack dab in the middle of the Jesus People movement, they met John Wimber, who was in, uh, the the founder of the Vineyard Christian Fellowship Ministries, which is iconic back in the Jesus People movement. It was one of the main three denominations that kind of hosted the presence, so to speak. And so they were just love, you know, they had escaped a lot of stuff from the world. Their parents they weren't the most ideal homes they came from. They had a lot of a lot of really hard things that they kind of came out of. And they were so thrilled to be in church and events and conferences and tent meetings and concerts that we just grew up around all that. And I never had a way time of like leaving God. But there's a, a moment where I said, God, I need to see if all of this stuff that we're being taught here in this place of where I feel your presence, that this works everywhere else. I need to see this translated to the world around me or else this can't be real. But I believe it's real. So I'm going to try it. So when I was a teenager, my kind of radical years were like, Will God show up in a red light district downtown in Sacramento? Will God show up and we we'll go to Tijuana to the dumps right after storms and floods, knocked out a bunch of people's houses? Like, what will God do for people? Will he do the same things we've seen at events and conferences? And he did. He was just so beautiful. Wherever he would, wherever we can in touch with his love, he would show up in a really beautiful way. So for me, I had to get outside the box of the church, but I'm not an evangelist. I just needed to see if his kingdom could transform other people and cultures and things that weren't inherently Christian. And that ruined me for what I'm doing now, which is to impact entertainment and to impact, you know, in areas that I probably wouldn't have ever gone after with such a kingdom thrust if it wasn't for seeing his love makes such a powerful way.
2: Oh, that's so good. You know, I appreciate that about you that you emphasize God's love love for well, our love for him, but also his love for all his kids. I've listened to a lot of your, your podcast episodes, heard the testimonies, of God's transformation in the red light district. You've seen God do amazing things around the world, but when did you first start hearing God's voice for yourself?
3: You know, some of us are the church kids. You know, I I grew up around the church, so I I don't remember a time not hearing God's voice, but it wasn't always as profound as, I mean, it was always profound. It's always wonderful. But there's something that happened when I was a teenager where all of a sudden I I was so hungry for God. I said, I need to to know you the way you want to be known, not just for the sake of seeing ministry happen or to see you know, prophetic times or healing, minute, whatever, you know, I want to, I want to know you like you created all this. I want to know you like, I want to know what's in your heart. And Solomon was really inspirational to me because he asked, he was probably the most wise person already in history at least in the context of God's people, because he grew up under David. He grew up, you know, knowing so much and seeing an insider's view into the whole, the whole regime of David's life and Saul, he knew Saul's stories. And yet he asked God for that connection to God's inner wisdom and I, I, I think from the time I was little, I was asking God for that.
2: Wow, that's amazing. And then uh, I know that you've been through a number of different movements before God God called you to uh, the West Coast, which I hail from, the, the Oregon area myself, uh, before the Marine Corps sent me around the world. Oh, wow. Uh, thank but, you for serving. Well, it's it's an honor. It's a pleasure. So thank you. Um, but what all have you seen God do lately lately? As we've transitioned from 2020 into 2021, what are you excited about that God has on the horizon for us? It's
3: a great question. I think um, one of the most interesting things that happened was obviously, you know, the elections didn't turn out the way a lot of the prophets thought they were going to turn out. And then we've had international crisis, and most nations have some sort of crisis going on in there, and that's a very real one that touches everyday people and what i my hope is and what i feel like god's given me hope for is that we're on the verge of another awakening Mm -hmm. and i feel like this time you know when martin luther went and nailed his thesis the wittenberg door of the chapel and that's where protestantism started what he was saying what he was emboldened with from god what god was showing him is that each person needs to have their own relationship to me. They don't need a priesthood. They don't need somebody to read the Bible for them. So he published the Bible in everyday language, which was against the law. He was actually, they tried to assassinate him for it. It was very controversial, but it was because each person was supposed to have that justification of faith. And my, I feel like our generation, my heart is that we would take that place of that. We don't need a mediator. We don't need somebody to relate to God for us that we trust God, not only that we can read the Bible for ourselves, pray for ourselves, but we can hear God for ourselves. And I feel like this next great awakening that's happening is people who are sick of media information. People are sick of religious Christianity reporting, not good stuff, but conspiracy. People who are sick of and and, and hurt by the world's reporting system and, and and even politics. And they say, God, what are you saying? You love the world. like For God, so love the world. And I feel like regular everyday people who who pray that radical cry like what do you want god are going to start hearing god in such a prolific way that instead of a few dozen people who heard god over the last great revival that happened which is probably the jesus people movement we're going to see people in clusters all around the world who are who, who will say i'm doing what i'm doing because god showed it to me like whether it's in marketplace or politics or whether it's in missions or whether it's in ministry, whatever it is, they're going to say, I'm doing this because God, show, this is what I'm wired for. This is what God showed up for in my life. And I think that's very unique. I don't think we've had a move like that before. And we're already hearing it. Like on my podcast, which you referenced, I'm asking, especially in the marketplace, we're asking doctors and lawyers and venture capitalists and and uh, farmers, like, why are you doing what you're doing? And they're all saying, God, put me here. God asked me to do this in the same way that maybe in the seventies, you would ask pastors, why are you doing what you're doing? And they said, God, only God, I wouldn't have ever been a pastor. Like it was the first generation that people weren't groomed to be pastors. It was just random people who got saved and became pastors out of their career. You know, Well, we're seeing the same thing happen, but through the masses of people in the marketplace. And so I'm really hopeful that God is divinely strategically positioning people, and that the end time prototype really looks like a Daniel or a Joseph or an Esther. It's people who are in culture having influence amongst people who God speaks to, not only to speak to them, but also to interpret what he's already put in the heart of culture. Like Daniel said, you know, isn't, or Joseph said, isn't God the God who gives dreams? You know, like he said, God gives dreams to all. He was talking about Pharaoh, he wasn't talking about. A Hebrew, he's talking about a pagan king. And so having the expectation that God's basic holiness is permeating the whole world and He has something to say right now, and it's a love-based message. I think that's the world's waiting for that. The world's waiting for solutions to problems you're actually asking about.
2: That's true. You know, the majority of people are in the marketplace. You know, I've been trained theologically, ministerially, besides just some other hobbies and things like that, but I've had to be bivocational in the ministry over the years or even tri-vocational yeah but the majority of people you know uh, i think for a number of years the church had encouraged people or tried to convince people that if they feel called of god they have to be full-time in the ministry but we know we need people everywhere being a positive impact What are you seeing God do to transform people's mindsets as they understand, hey, they might be called to be an influencer right where they are, whether they're, you know, an Instagram influencer, whether they're a CEO or whether they're a cashier barista, what kind of transformational things are you seeing? I
3: mean, it's such an awesome question because when you think of the God of all the universe who's the creator, the same creative power he brings to a healing miracle in church that we often have testimonies about, at least online, if not in your local church that same creative power is what gives the entrepreneur the the design or the new technology. It's not a separate power. It's not like one's for healing and one's for, you know, one part of God's for healing and one part of God's for technology. God's creativity is is the same power that inspires all of that. And so I feel like people are getting like encountered by God in really profound ways. It's been so exciting to hear stories right now that like one of our friends who's a chairman of our organization, God gave him a prophetic journey. And I say that it was over a, a number of years where he led him into a different business model. And this man had a passion for aviation his whole life, has a, his own personal plane. And and uh, prophetic people started giving him words, you're going to change aviation industry. And he's like oh. thinking, I'm not even involved. In av- I'm not even, I'm looking at transforming countries, not aviation. And God began to show him like about emissions and about changing a whole industry in his lifetime and put him onto electromagnetic you know, technology. And pretty soon, He just, they, I think three years ago, they uh, tested Alice. If you look it up, it's up in the Washington state area. This is a man from another country who bought a company and they're piloting the program here in America. And at the last two aviation shows, they've been the highlight of the show. And now they've had orders and it's going to change the emissions by in 10 years to 20 years, every plane will be electromagnetic. It won't be fuel, fossil fuel at all. And he just started out on a God journey where he's like, I'm just following you into this. Not only does it create, of course, Finances, resources, changes in industry, but also allows him to do the greater vision, which was he wants to go in and change whole nations that are developing nations to help develop them. That's his his vision is we disciple nations. Well, God gave him a technology, and that's just one of the businesses of several that he already had. That's multinational, multi-billion dollar industries. And so I'm I'm talking to people, my mind is like constantly blown because I feel like I'm talking to people who are telling me stories over food industry, over and farming agriculture or over environmental emissions or over stuff that Christians don't even normally think about. I mean, I remember when I was little growing up thinking about environmentalism, my dad, who's an awesome believer, who's a Colonel in the air force, you retired. He was like, Oh, well, those are tree huggers. Like there was no environmentalism in Christianity. Cause we thought we were going to turn and burn it's all going to burn yeah. away anyways. And now we're seeing people who are like one, of, one of the groups that I'm friends with, they're, they're developing the 3d technology that you're seeing is printing out houses within 12 hours. they can print out a house. They just printed out their first 400 this year in 2021 for a camp, a displaced people camp in Africa. And it only cost them for 400 houses. And it only cost them uh, $14,000 plus the technology. I mean, the technology to get it there. But they're realizing they're going to be able to get the, the money lower and lower and lower for these houses that last 100 years for places like IDP camps. And they're realizing this is the carbon footprint. It matters because God ca- called us to be stewards. The first thing we did was become stewards in the garden of the whole earth. And we have to become stewards again of God's passion for the earth. So I think like I'm hearing stories that you just didn't always hear in the church 20 years ago, but they're starting to become highlighted more and more that the, the power, excuse me, the power that it takes a businessman to be anointed and thrive in his industry. You need the same anointing. It took that pastor who built the church that was against all odds. You need that same authority, but you need it in a different way. And people are starting to understand that there's no second class citizens.
2: You can hear God's voice and prophesy. Every person with the Spirit of God living in them can be used by God for entry-level prophecy. Entry-level prophecy is the starting point of an incredible adventure in hearing God's voice and prophesying. Prophecy encourages, comforts, and edifies people. And our heart is to equip and educate you to hear God and prophesy, walking it out as a lifestyle. And that's why we created Entry-Level Prophecy course on charismacourses.com. Through this powerful e-course, you will be equipped to hear God and to prophesy. You will gain the necessary biblical understanding needed to take a step of faith and speak what you hear God saying to see people encouraged, comforted, and edified. In this course, you'll learn about the fruit of the Spirit, the character traits of God, how to receive and deliver a prophecy, how to judge a prophecy, and what foundation you need to prophesy, and what heart motivations are necessary to prophesy. When you enroll in this e-course, you'll also have access to bonus materials and our live coaching sessions. Go to charismacourses.com to purchase entry-level prophecy and learn how to hear God's voice and prophesy. Oh, that's so good. That is the truth. I'm excited for how things have shifted within the last 14, 15, 16 months or so. There's a lot of the church using technology. I mean, a lot of them were forced overnight. Some people were positioned beforehand. We're seeing an online revival. Well, at least I know I'm participating in some online revivals, just seeing things you know, taking place just on social media, new platforms. And I don't think it's going to stop. There was a season where the church seemed to disengage from technology and things yeah. like that. But we need to look at history. George Washington Carver had a dream from God. A lot of incredible inventions that we have, like the maybe the telephone, correct me if I'm wrong on that, was originally a dream. And God's pouring out dreams and visions upon people. And I want anybody who's going to listen to this if God's given you a dream run with it, uh, yeah. Sean, what are some of the ways that, that your ministry is equipping people currently to embrace this current move of God and to move forward with the destiny he has?
3: Yeah. You know, I think my own hunger I've, I, I, I feel like a kid sometimes, obviously I have Yoda in the background. You can't see if those are here listening, but I love it it's I so Yoda and, and a Fortnite llama, you know, it's like, I have a childlike nature. I love video games and movies and pop culture. Um, I have a childlike hunger to see, to encounter God, not just to, to change the world, but because I, I know he's worthy of, I just want to look at him. I just want to worship him. I just want to know him. And a lot of people, when they come into the supernatural part of their, their uh, Christianity, they just want to do something for God. But when God put Adam in the garden, it was so that he could do something with God, not just for God. So he could walk with God. And so our ministry, our whole goal is to help people to get that childlike hunger to encounter God the way he wants to be encountered. And yes, it will change the world or it's not really God long-term. it's it's just fantasy. It will change the world. But man, when you encounter his love and you encounter his passion, like a lot of people who come to us, we train people how to hear from God from the beginning. So it's people say, I don't know if I'm hearing God about, you know, especially in our online community. I don't know if I'm hearing God about my career. I don't know why I'm in my career. And usually they start out saying, I know I'm supposed to be whatever an entrepreneur. I'm like, okay, so you have a product. Yes. I'm going to be uh, a person who has a retail product, okay, that's awesome. Who's gonna buy your product? I don't know. Well, that's what your product's for. So you should be right. praying for them, loving them, caring for them, and building a company towards them. That's what the best companies in our in our in our nation do as far as America. I know this is all over the world, but as far as America is that we teach that, but the church doesn't teach that. So we need to be falling in love with God, where God's heart is and He'll speak to us more. And so we teach people to look for God's love, look for God's heart. it's a love-based approach. It's really unique from a lot of ministries that teach the prophetic. We have an online um, uh, group where we do classes and monthly events and all that kind of stuff. What I love that's come out of it is that we've had people who are like the everyday people, the people who don't feel like they're a five-fold ministry prophet. There's a few of those on there, which is awesome. But just the everyday people are like, I have to hear from God now. What they find out is I actually hear from God, like all my big wins in life. I've learned how to reverse engineer how I got there, how I, how I picked the perfect spouse that was for me, how I got into that job, that promotion that I always wanted. They realized that that was God and that they heard God in that process, but they never looked at it that way before because they, they complicated it and we declutter and pull away all the weird religious stuff that we put as a facade over the whole thing. Right. And I'm, I'm so practical. The m- majority of the way I hear from God is impressions. It's just his intuition, his instinct that's inside of me, my gut check. But I do have encounters. I've had visions and I've had visitations before. And I think that those that help form and lead some things that sometimes the impressions don't do. I think we should be hungry for all God has for us, any way he wants to encounter. And the Bible is a prototype. If you took out all the prophetic experiences in the Bible, one third of the Bible goes away, if not two thirds. Right. And it's a boring book of genealogies that lead to nowhere. You know, it's like, it's the Bible is a book of encounters. So we've been equipping people to have encounters, but to, in their encounter, to learn how to make it useful for their life and then to make it, to translate it so it's useful to the world around them.
2: I love that. Can you share some testimonies of some people that uh, their life has transformed when they prophesied over someone?
3: Yeah. I mean, it's so funny. I think of, um, you know, a friend of ours who she does she came from the corporate background and she's one of our intercessors on our, on our team. And so she helped, uh, one of a major corporation that was failing in her area. She got involved and she helped turn it around just by her grace on her life. And then she retired and she became part of our team. And she did a ministry in between that too, like helped another ministry kind of do their organizational blueprint type thing. And so she was praying for a guy that I brought in that she would have no idea as a very extremely wealthy guy. Who's very like crazy gifted. And at the end of it, after she prayed for him, he's like he he told me, you know, I've I've had the world's best prophets pray for me, and I I, I say that with humility. Like I've pursued the best, and when you have what I have, they'll meet with you, you know. He goes, but what just happened through that woman who just prayed for me? She needs to she needs to be in this space. She needs to be praying for people of influence and helping us because something navigated in me differently after she prayed for me. So I talked to her, and it was really cool because I said, you know, there's a space for in your retirement that you don't want to like give up working. You want to do something. I, I feel like you're supposed to walk alongside organizations and pray for them and give them prophetic reports and help them and be like a consultant, a prophetic consultant. She's like, and this is what happened through that prophetic time is you consulted him on things that his his business advisors didn't have, his own team didn't have, profits didn't have, but you came alongside him with limited information and were able to answer some of the dear questions of his heart. I think this is your life. She's like, I felt that, like, I felt like a what I am happened in that prayer appointment. And I need to keep pursuing that. So now she does it full time for like the last seven, seven years. And she does it full time for several organizations. And it's like, she does it for, we're one of the many micro ones, but she does it for us. And it's changed the trajectory of where we would go because of her walking with us. So I think that's a good example. She found her destiny as she went after personal prayer ministry with prophetic intention.
2: That's awesome. so prophetic consulting,, uh, can you expand on that because, um I've read a few books on that, and I know that you're a consultant, uh, but some people may misunderstand or you know misrepresent what it actually is because I believe that it's it's solid in the Word of God,, uh, but can you expand on prophetic consulting for those who may not know what that is?
3: It's interesting when uh you know, uh, Saul's dad says, go, go pursue Samuel because we've lost our donkeys and our whole business is, you know, we're bankrupt and go, go talk to the prophet. And so he goes to him and the prophet looks at him and goes, well, don't worry about the donkeys. They're already found, but you're going to report, but I have to meet with you tomorrow and talk to you. There's something that is on the Lord's heart. And, and, and a million stories like that in the Bible, you see people who are trying to consult with people who hear from God for specific reasons, especially when it comes to business or when it comes to decision-making what I feel, and Saul, Saul himself went to the place of the prophet Shiloh, and he prophesied and came under something and began to have a clarity that he never had and loved it and really enjoyed it. I feel like there's people who God's anointing to help people through, not to necessarily always hear God for people, but to provide an atmosphere of coaching and counsel where the person learns how to hear from God for themselves. Hmm. And they're there at key times where there's they, they teach someone how to listen. And their listening style because there's different styles of listening. And so I think for me personally, like the type of coaching that I do, there are people who would never come into a church or there are people, if they do come to church, they would never go up for a prayer time unless they were like in a crisis or something. But they're wanting somebody to help navigate the spiritual side of their journey in a marketplace or in a political career or whatever. Like I had a, a senator call me this week and say, okay, I'm going to run for this office now, another office. And I, I know it's God, but I need to listen to God about some things. I just want you to sit with me. And it's kind of like if you, if you get a financial advisor, it's not because you don't know what to do financially. It's because they're, there's something about them as you're bouncing your ideas through that they might have bigger ideas, different ideas maybe not bigger or different, maybe just things that you've never thought about because that's their expertise. So when they say it, it triggers something in you to make a better decision. So all consultants and coaches do is help you to make better decisions and help you to think for yourself. They don't think for you. So when people think of prophetic consultants, they think about go to a prophet, pay them for a prophetic word. That's not what it is at all. It's actually, you know, pay for someone's time to spend time with you to help you become better at hearing God and connecting to God.
2: Awesome. I, I love that definition. Uh, you've got this new book called Wired to Hear with your co-host on exploring the marketplace, Bob Hassan. Uh, can you elaborate on that? Like, how did God inspire you guys to team up together and, and write this book, Wired to Hear?
3: Well, I would say out of my you know 28-year career, about uh, 17 years of it, I've been in the entertainment industry. So I've I've done video games, I've done video game consulting, I've done Beta Alpha Testing Groups, I had a company for that. And then I just, um, you know, Christian script kind of consultation and stuff, even for movies that didn't, um, the mainstream movies, a lot of times blockbuster movies, like when Noah came out, they wanted a Christian theologian to talk about it. So they'd come to me type thing and they they pay you for your time to consult on for the faith-based community. So I've done all this kind of stuff. Plus I've done real estate for years. And so I've loved, I've had a passion where I could actually do that more than sometimes even ministry because I love what happens through it. And so, but God's always kept me in ministry too. And then Bob Hassan came on when my wife and I were both, you know, we have real estate, but we also have our ministry and we needed a consultation because, excuse me, we had such quick growth in the ministry and in the real estate stuff that we were hitting cash flow issues. Mm. So we were looking for a consultant and we knew about Bob. And Sheree, my wife, goes, we just need a Bob Hassan in our life. We need Bob. And randomly, his wife calls up Sheree and says, hey, we'd met them through some friends. I have a present for you. Can I come up to LA from San Diego and deliver it to you? And my husband's going to come with me. We're like, yes. We could at least ask him who can talk to us have some conversations. And they sat around the lunch table and Bob goes, so what are we dealing with? Let me help you guys. Let me into your life. And he has walked alongside of us. That was about three years ago, two and a half years ago. He's walked alongside of us during some really interesting times because we're in the best of times, but hard things happen in the best of times where you have, you know, especially COVID, coronavirus, all the stuff that's happened. And so I kept saying, everyone needs a Bob Hassan, like what Sheree said to me, everyone needs Bob. And so I kept asking Bob, we were doing a tour at the time, this must have been three years ago. We are doing a tour at the time, we did two years of touring, and I kept inviting Bob to do marketplace lunches where we would share about hearing God's voice in the marketplace and everything Bob would say, or just his presence, I was like... People need you more. We need to write a book together. Would you write a book with me? it's like, actually, I would. So we started to just do these recorded sessions together where we're on the road of like two or three hours at a time, just talk through things people were dealing with, like feeling like second-class citizens, feeling like sometimes they're marginalized by pastors who only want to use them for their finances or just maybe a decision sometimes, but there's no real uh, connection sometimes. Talking about some of the more, more mature uh, things, it's like most business people will tell you they don't hear from God right, regularly, but they do. And so we wanted to help people to understand and learn that. So after that, I realized this is a really good book, but this is also, we need to have proof text. We need to talk to people who hear from God in the marketplace. Bob, will you do a podcast with me? And he's like, sure. So I just kept bringing him along. And pretty soon, I mean, like we've just, we've become ministry partners and, and so much of what we do synergizes each other. So it's been a really fun partnership.
2: Awesome. Sean, it's an honor to have you on Adventures in the Spirit. This podcast is not just information, but it's also impartation and activation. Can you lead us in a spiritual activation to hear God?
3: Yeah, I'm going to give you an assignment. So you'll have to do this on your own, but I want you to take three pieces of paper or open three windows on your device or whatever. Uh, and I want you to write down three times that you had major wins in your life. Like whether it's maybe the person you married, maybe the house that you bought that you weren't really qualified for, maybe a promotion at work, may, whatever it was, maybe, maybe it was back in your athletic days, whatever it was. I want you to write that at the top. And then I want you to write five or six things that took you to get to that point and try and be mindful of God in that. So maybe like we were looking at buying a house. We didn't have the money to yet. And then all of a sudden our family member said, we'll give you a down payment or we'll, we'll give you a loan or whatever. So you guys can get in what, whatever it is and look for that. And then look for what you were praying in those seasons. Think about you know, where was God in that those moments? Because usually the biggest wins we've had, we don't include our ability to follow God in those wins. So we usually tell a story like, and then we got this house and God did, it, it was amazing, but we don't know how. So you're going to write down a process of how you got there. Maybe it was the decision you made, you know, five years before that you and your spouse were going to be financially uh, responsible. And so you you made that because you were cutting off something from your generational line that God showed you, but you may not use that language God showed me. But as you start to look for how he's talked to you to lead you into the big, huge wins in your life, it'll change everything for you because you're reverse engineering the big wins and how you got there. And that's a prototype for how you're going to get to the next place and how you're going to listen to God. I think most of us hear the still small voice of God. So if we can look for decision points that were essential or important, or even times we met with somebody like... Because I met with this person, I met this person. That's how I started my business. And that's when I got my win. Well, how did you meet with that person? What were you praying for in that season? Were you praying for divine connections? Were you praying for God to promote you? Were you praying for God to bless you? I have my hashtag blessed cup, you know, which I never use. I, I was laughing. It's like a religious cup. But were you praying for that? Or were, was it just happenstance? And are you being deliberate and intentional? So my activation is like, let's go through some of the wins, reverse engineer some, be mindful of God. Do some listening prayer. How do you talk to me, God? Write down five ways He's talked to you in the past and then ask Him to multiply that now for the future.
2: Awesome. Hey, guys, that was Sean Bowles on your prophetic process. So please be activated. Set aside this time, listen to the still small voice of God. Sean, what is the best way for people to get a hold of you for more information?
3: BowlesMinistries.com or the B O L Z app. If they want to go to the app, it has everything all our YouTube, podcasts, TV shows, everything.
2: Awesome. Sean, thank you so much for being part of Adventures in the Spirit. And guys, if you're listening into this, please subscribe and share this podcast with all your friends. It's available anywhere you listen to podcasts.
1: Thank you so much for listening to our conversation in Adventures in the Spirit. We hope that this podcast encouraged and inspired you to press into Jesus and launches you into your own adventure. You can stay up to date with Fireborn Ministries by going to our website, firebornministries.com and like us on Facebook. And may you have your own Adventures in the Spirit.